Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And today, Mark Evans is actually interviewing me for his show, Inside the Sales Playbook Show. And we talk all around how I got into sales, how I get into marketing and the story behind that. We talk about a ton of best practices to make sure your website and your digital marketing strategy is effective at driving the right kind of traffic generating inbound leads and building up your business and most importantly driving profitable revenue. We talk about if you should actually start a podcast and how Business Growth Show has helped us drive inbound opportunities and revenue for web choice, how it's helped us build up relationships we'd never have the chance to build before and we talk about the statement I use to start each and every sales discovery call and why that's an effective way to do so. With that let's jump into it. Welcome to the Inside the Sales Playbook show, where on each and every episode, we dive into the actual sales processes, the plays, the strategies working for sales teams today. No high-level overview, no fluff. We get into the weeds of what some of the fastest growing and most successful sales teams are doing in business to drive revenue and grow their businesses. And in this episode, we've got something, let's call it the inception episode, where I'm on Sam Dunning's platform, Mark Evans here, host of the Inside the Sales Playbook show, interview interviewing Sam on his podcast for my podcast. There's a lot going on here, but we're so excited for those of you that are tuning in. And I am so pumped to have Mr. Sam on the show. Sam, welcome to the Inside the Sales Playbook show. Hey, Mark. Thanks very much. Good to chat again, dude. And excited to, to have our conversation today. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you on my show. Sam was kind enough to have me on his back, I want to say it was about a month ago or so, back in December. Um, I felt like we really hit it off. Maybe that's just one-sided on mine. I really had a great time with Sam, thought we had a great conversation, and I really felt like how Sam is approaching sales, how he is approaching um, credibility building, rapport building, celebrity, if you will, uh, is really interesting, really exciting, and uh, a lot of really um, interesting concepts that I think can be applied to sales today. So real quick uh, on Sam, I wrote up a quick little bio. Sam is the co-founder and a really success of a really successful digital marketing agency in the UK called WebChoice UK. He's also the first European guest that I've had. So across the pond, Sam, we're excited to have you. Yeah, uh, our pleasure. Well, he's also the uh, he's also the co he's also the host. I'm sorry of the top ranked podcast, Sam's Business Growth Show, and he's had guests on like John Barrows, Jeb Blount, and of course yours truly as well. So, Sam, let's get right into it, man. Excited it, to have man. you on here. Cheers, dude. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Well, Sam, I've you know gotten to know you a little bit. I know you're a really smart guy, uh, just a ton of fun. You build great relationships with people. But of all the things that you could have done, and why the hell did you even choose sales? How do you even get into this crazy game of sales? <laughs> it's a long old story, my friend. I'll try and give you the short and snappy version. As I know, I've told it on a few shows now. But um, in short, I, I got thrown into it. So if if I take down the, the really, really embarrassing story that I haven't told many people is back when I was probably 
16, 17, maybe 18, I used to love online gaming, namely <laughs> World of Warcraft. Yeah, so I okay. used to be addicted to computer gaming. Thankfully, we've got a kid now, so I haven't got any time to do any of that kind of stuff. Plus, I run a company, plus I run a podcast. So I'm way too busy to do that kind of stuff. You but are I used to love busy. it. I, I used to lo- love the online gaming. Anyway, um, my mum's like, Sam, you're gaming way too much. You need to get a job. And basically dragged me around town, making me um, hand in my CV, my cover letter, to a load of shops. And the one shop that took me on was a camera shop called Jessup's. Um, and basically, yeah. Uh, consumer selling cameras camera kit camera equipment to consumers that was my first taste i handed my cv had the interview got the job and that was my first taste of sales unfortunately i absolutely hated it so i really did not like dealing with the general public mainly because they were really rude and whenever you know the classic sales clerk you go up to a person you ask the stupid question how are you doing or how can i help and they say i'm absolutely fine i don't need your help Mm -hmm. um when we all know now after after doing sales for a while, that's probably not the best first question to ask people. Um, but yeah, ended up doing that for a while. Got a bit annoyed because there was no real incentives. So even though we were trying to sell all this equipment, sell all these add-ons like memory cards and insurance plans and all this good stuff, there was no real bonus plan. So it was just like, you can have a base wage, but you need to sell as much as you can. It's like, hmm, don't really want to be doing this. And on top of that, yeah. we had a manager that was just pushing us so hard with no real rewards. And then one day, my cousin Tom, who's now one of the part owners at Web Choice with me, came along and said, "Look, Sam, there's there's a digital marketing company um, that I'm starting working in, and we we actually need a guy to help us with sales and project management. Do you want an interview?" I said, "Yes." The next day, I had the interview, um, got the job there and then, and just quit my my um, camera shop job. And um, there's a lot of back and forths in between. So mm-hmm. in years gone by, I've left and come back to Web Choice many times, almost joined the army along the way, worked in a call center for a little while, selling ink cartridges over the phone, which is really good experience of working to targets and that kind of stuff. And then eventually came back to Web Choice and um, worked my way up to, to sales manager and then became part of the, the owner team. So now, now work as a sales director. That is pretty awesome. And from looking at the LinkedIn profile of the company, right, you've got, I think, 20 plus employees or so and seems to be consistently growing. So I'd love to get your perspective on what do you think is really separating the good from um, great sales driven type of organizations, especially now as we're trying to adapt the sales process. Maybe people have um, a work from home type of sales force. What do you think is really separating good and poor, you know, sales driven organizations from the really great? ones that are thriving right now from a company perspective i'd say it's well one having a multi-channel approach Hmm. so not putting all your eggs in one basket i.e if you've got a sdr team you've got a team of people generating appointments not solely relying on outbound cold callers to to generate your leads and generate your appointments but yeah by all means there's nothing wrong with doing that but then you need to look at other channels be that inbound marketing so be that things like SEO for long-term rankings to get your website on page one of Google, be that paid ads to get that fast traffic to your site to generate leads, be that doing a podcast, be that doing webinars, be that going big on social media. I think the companies that, that do it best not just invest in all the channels of um, of marketing and of ways to generate sales opportunities, but they really understand where the ideal customers hang out. So in our case, we're selling to mainly businesses. So we understand our that they're going to be on LinkedIn. They're going mm-hmm. to be searching on Google. So they're going to be SEO is worthwhile. They're going to be clicking ads. Ads are worthwhile. And then likewise, we can probably reach them on the phone. We can reach them on the email. So they really understand exactly where their customers hang out and invest in those channels to then bring more leads to their team 
to then be able to grow grow the sales side of things. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What? So you talked about this multi-channel approach. Let's say we're let's say we're talking to an organization. You're coaching an organization that is either just starting out or you know wants to get more involved in a digital marketing perspective. What are some of the um, like low-hanging fruit? What's like the five things that just about every company could do today um, to get started on their digital marketing journey? Sure. So I'd say probably first and foremost, as an organization, or even if, if you're a solopreneur, entrepreneur, you need a, a solid website, so or at least a landing page, a solid site as a foundation to um, basically showcase what you could do, how you can help people, and allow people to get in touch with you. Um, because if, not, if it's not clearly showcasing exactly what you do, the problem or the pain you solve, how you can make people's or businesses' life better, as soon as people land on it, the chances are people are going to get bored, head to another site that, that is clear and that does yeah. take them on the journey that they want to go on. Or just um, get confused, right? Or get confused. Yeah, clarity is king. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching this so much at the moment. Clarity is king in your messaging, and okay. whether you're in marketing, whether you're in sales. If you're not clear on what you can do, the problem you solve, and how to do business with you, what's the point? You're just going to lose people. Um, so yeah, having a solid website that's nice and fast, that looks great, appeals to your target audience, is clear and is easy to get in touch with you, book a demo, whatever you want people to do. Um, quick wins after that. I mean, if you really want to bring on board some traffic, some inbound inquiries, inbound opportunities for your sales team fast, you probably want to look at some paid ad revenues. So whether that's looking at things like Google ads, um, or whether that's things like looking at Facebook ads um, or Instagram ads, depending on when your where your customers hang out, there are some real quick hitting ways to get ads up, get traffic to your site, and get some inbound leads flowing in. Yeah. Um, Carol, Mark, do you have a question? I was just going to say, yeah, one question with that. So one of the things I've heard from other people is they say, hey, I'm interested in Google ads or Facebook ads, but I'm not sure what needs to happen on the back end. So it sounds like the first starting point, have a great website where they can, what you do, so they can understand what you do, how you help people and how they can get in touch with you. Is there anything else to a site that you should invest in or any other sort of marketing collateral that one should invest in before they take that next step with ads, uh, specifically Facebook and Google? Definitely. So, so let's say you're doing any kind of invest in marketing investment for your site, whether that's with your own internal marketing team or whether that's paying an agency to do it, or even learning about yourself and then spending your own money. Um, you need, as well as having that clear messaging on your website or your landing page, especially if you're directly paid ads, you might want to consider having standalone landing pages so people don't click off to other pages and get distracted from your message. Um, however, as well as being clear, you want to build trust. So no one's going to inquire of you if they don't trust your business can mm. help them. Um, so ways you can do that is utilizing things like social proof. Um, so what do I mean by that? I mean things like reviews, case studies, testimonials, accreditations, all that good stuff that you can weave without um, in between your pages just so people can say, oh, look, there's a case study similar to the project we're trying to do. Um, there's a testimonial of someone who had a similar experience to us. And it just builds these layer of trust. It's kind of like telling a story. Um, yeah. So someone could be really close to wanting to do business with you, then see that testimonial. And that's the tipping point that makes them um, book a call or book a demo or whatever your action you want to take. So that's that's really important, that trust element. And just like when you're selling to people, if they if they don't trust that you're actually helpful, you're not asking the right questions, um, you're not talking about what's useful, and you're not just talking about yourself, um, similar kind of thing with marketing, right? Yeah. So, yeah, doing paid ads is a quick way, whether that's Google, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, whatever channels you want to use it where your customers hang out. SEO, more of a longer-term strategy. So more of the organic results, more um, you've obviously got the paid listings at the top and bottom of Google. In between that, you've got the juicy organic listings. Mm -hmm. So that's more of a long-term strategy. 
that you can kind of start setting up by working on your website content, by working off your website, by doing things like articles, press releases, infographics, animated videos, all that good stuff over time will build up quality links to get you that all important top spot on Google. Um, but then there's, I mean, that's two or three ideas, Mark. And yeah. then you've got three things, which um, could be like setting up your own podcast, like we've done, um, perhaps setting up a webinar um, or setting up an email list. I mean, all those three three things are pretty much free of charge. You just need a bit of kit, mm-hmm. i.e. Uh, a, a microphone, headset, a little bit of software on your website, but most of that's open source anyway, uh, which we can dive into any of those three in a stack. Um, yeah. And you're good to go. I love that. Yeah, let's talk about the podcast because I really like how you have used, well, from my perspective, right, it looks like you use the podcast as a way to um, increase your credibility. But what are some other benefits and maybe what are some of the other reasons why you're pursuing this strategy versus, right, all the other thousands of other things one could do with digital marketing, especially with the staff and expertise that you all have? Yeah, podcast sort of things. I mean, I started it just over a year ago and really it was... I never started it as a business kind of thing. I did it more out of my own curiosity and just the fact that I wanted to interview people that I really admired. So initially started out from a sales angle. So I literally just got on sales experts, sales leaders that were smarter than me and that I wanted to learn from. So mm-hmm. some of the very first guests were a guy called Daniel Disney, who runs a platform called The Daily Sales. That's one of the biggest sales entertainment channels on LinkedIn. He's also a really good on social selling and LinkedIn. Then I got Brandon Bonanson over at Seamless.ai. And then it just followed on, just basically asking these people questions, getting them on. Um, and what I found along the way, Mark, is that rather than when you kind of pitch someone cold on LinkedIn, they tend to just ignore your message um, mm-hmm. unless you've crafted it really well or unless you start more of a conversation before you go for your pitch, which is always encouraged. Um, because we were asking them to come on the podcast, it was just like, hey, hey, man, really love what you're doing. Really love your recent show with XYZ. I'd love to have you on my show. 99.9% of the time, people say yes when you invite them to a podcast. Mm-hmm. So it started off as just a bit of fun, just a learning exercise. But then I realized that as we slowly built an audience, as we pushed out the company Web Choice, our digital marketing company, um, started to give me one great content to put on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, it started two. A lot of people messaged me saying, Sam, you've come out from nowhere. I've never seen you before. You're like interviewing all these people that are pretty good at business, pretty good at sales, pretty good at marketing. Like, why are you doing it? Um, so as a result, I learned a lot from the people that I interviewed. Um, I learned that it was quite easy to get people on the show. I learned that it could give a bit of promotion for our company. So we started getting inbound inquiries for Web Choice. Um, and also it just helped me learn tons from the guest and just gave me a lot of content to use on, on LinkedIn in terms of the good thing about podcasts is you can repurpose them so much. Mm-hmm. So you can do one 30 minute interview. And from that, you've obviously got the podcast. If you record the video, you've got the podcast for YouTube as well as the audio channels. And then you can chop that up so you can get nice little one minute, two minute promos that you can promote, that your guests can promote. Um, and it can also help um, encourage trust um within both the guest and also yourself so whenever there's there's a, like a, a nice one or two minute spill that you're talking about a topic you know a lot about in your industry and in your sector that can again build that layer of trust when you post it out on social media or whatever channel you want to push it so there's there's a lot there yeah. but it's in in short it's very very fun and if you're thinking about doing a podcast it's 100 percent worth it for many many reasons and many benefits 
Yeah, it really seems like it. And I've known that just from the show that I've started here recently, where we're primarily on YouTube, but we're also going to be expanding into the podcast universe as well um, on how, yeah, it, you don't have to have, um, you don't have to be a household name in order to get household names in sales, right? And that message, I, I really loved how you put it off there before, how you explained it on how, you know, a traditional cold outreach is met with negativity, right? Like 99% of the time. But when you ask and when you flip that switch and say like, hey, can I interview you, the responses are almost immediate and they're pretty incredible. They're very warm. They're very welcoming. Even these individuals that are writing multiple books um, and getting noticed on, on some pretty large platforms are very open to being interviewed. So I totally agree with that. Now, Sam, is, so does business just come as a way of putting out content um, or are there other uh, any other levers that you're pulling in order to um, make the podcast a part of the revenue driver at WebChoice? Yeah, so it's, it's never something we've pushed too hard. I mean, one more thing before we drive into that is that there is another way you can go with your podcast that we did, we have done a little bit. And a guy called James Carberry over at a company called Sweetfish Media, I believe, kind of came up with this idea is if instead of just interviewing people that you're interested in, what you specifically target people you want to do business with to build off that relationship by getting them on your podcast. So say, for example, your company typically deals with um, businesses that are, I don't know, 50 to 100 employees, and you typically are looking to speak to their marketing directors in, let's say, SaaS, software as a service tech companies. So you go onto LinkedIn, you go onto whatever tool you use to source this data, this data, you find those marketing directors in those type of companies, then you reach out to them. You Perhaps you check out their LinkedIn profile, you say, look, I really enjoyed your post on this, would love to have you on my podcast so you can share your knowledge on XYZ. Chances are they're going to say yes, you get them on your podcast for a half hour, you're promoting them, you've built a relationship. And over time that you can nurture and eventually you may be business with some of these people. So that's another strategy to think about just before we jump into the content side of things, which I know works for a lot of organizations to, to get new business opportunities. Yeah, I really, really love that. I think that's really excellent. Um, anything else in that kind of realm? You mentioned about some of the content as well, but is there any other kind of thing that you want to wrap that that podcast part of, of the segment here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's not being too salesy. So, I mean, we, we started off our podcast, like I said, about a year ago, didn't have any ads to start with, um, recently took on a sponsor. So we just have a small ad like halfway in between. I tend to wear my web choice t-shirt if I'm being on video. Um, yeah. and if people ask me about marketing, then I'll, I'll add my two cents. I'll add my opinion when I'm talking to guests, but I don't want to shove it down their neck. Generally, mm -hmm. I want to, I want to give as much value to the audience and share actionable tips from our guests and then pipe in with my own thoughts here and there. So I think it's getting that balance of not being salesy, being genuinely curious about your mm -hmm. guests, making sure what you do, making sure you understand who your audience are. So in my case, I'm talking to small to medium sized business owners, perhaps sales and marketing professionals. So making sure you understand your niche and then giving value to them, not trying to sell it too hard. Um, obviously, give, give a bit of promotion to perhaps in the middle at the end um, and obviously put the links in the descriptions that you do. Um, and then feel free to promote it across whatever social media channels you want. LinkedIn tends to be really good for us. So I think it's over time, it's it's going to have that compound interest effect. So if you keep doing it, eventually you'll you'll start to see results. 
Yeah. What do you say to people who who could maybe be viewing your platform, knowing that, hey, you're already a year in, because I know that this happens to a lot of people, right? They they see you a year in, and they're like, wow, Sam's got these episodes. He's interviewing these top-level people. He also has these promos and these teasers and this social media graphic. Um, you know, what would you tell someone who's like, I there's no way I can do that. There's no way I've got the talent for it or can even get started that. What's your advice to someone who's maybe like, yes, I want to do that, but I'm scared and don't know where to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. Um, I was, I guess I'm a bit of the opposite of that. I tend to just jump into things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know not not everyone's like that. So start with something small. So perhaps, perhaps start with people you know in your network. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking, I want to do podcasting, but I'm not quite ready to do it with people I don't know. So maybe interview your past clients to start with or past customers mm-hmm. you've already got a relationship with them so yeah. you can say look can I set up like a 15 minute zoom call and that's going to be useful anyway because they might even give you a case study video or they might give you some really useful information and then ramp it up once you're once you're happy once you're comfortable you don't even have to film it once you're comfortable either being in front of the microphone or with the camera then start doing like we said the cold outreach reaching out to the people you want to interview um, and getting onto it really and mm-hmm. perhaps listen to a few podcasts beforehand um, that are similar to, to the one you're thinking of setting up whether that's marketing sales or something else get that experience um, or if you've got any questions I'm always happy to speak to people that have got any queries around the kit to use how to reach out to people and that kind of stuff always happy to, to help out. Awesome. Love that. Let's uh, transition a little bit. So you mentioned before, Sam, that you're the sales manager at WebChoice. Um, and so I know you've got several salespeople, um, but let's talk about kind of your sales playbook, right? What are some of the strategies, processes, maybe techniques, not asking to reveal any trade secrets, but what's really working in your sales team today? Sure. So, I mean, we're, we're quite fortunate at WebChoice. As we're a digital marketing company, a lot of our inquiries tend to come inbound. So whether okay. that's through our website or whether that's through our SEO or our paid ads. And then as I do a lot with the podcast, and I do a lot of LinkedIn. I generate a lot of conversations through those platforms as well, through the content that we put out each and every week. Um, in terms of what's working, so something I always drive drive home quite a lot is I think great discovery makes good sales. Mm. Um, so that that's one of my biggest things. I think if you can nail the discovery stage process, if you can get that down to a T, then that's, that's going to set you up for the rest of the deal. So that's that's something I'm pretty passionate about, asking the right questions, the difficult questions, the hard questions up front. Even if it is an inbound or outbound opportunity, doesn't just because a lead's come into your website through your landing page or through LinkedIn or through social media, it doesn't mean they're ready to buy. It doesn't even mean you're a good fit for them or mm-hmm. you're, they're a good fit for you. So just because someone's come to you, you still need to qualify properly. Um, doesn't mean you need to read a spreadsheet of 2,000 questions. Um, what it mm-hmm. does mean is you need to have an open and honest conversation and really explain from the start, look, I'm, I'm going to ask a few questions to you. You're going to ask a few questions to me, probably about how we do business, our process and such. And then together, let's work out if it makes sense for us to help you out, discuss next steps. Or if not, let me know at any stage. We can part ways friends. And I'll try and point you to a, a trusted partner who I think can help you. So being more of a professional... Mm-hmm than what I was guilty of in my earlier years of just pushing, driving for the sale, trying to get a deal done, even if we weren't the best fit. And we all know if you try and push really hard for those kind of deals, it's going to bite you in the ass later, sooner or later mm-hmm. for whatever reason, because you t- sold it too cheap or it's not really a product or service you do properly or the customer didn't have the right expectations. So asking the tough questions up front about where they want to get to with it, their goals and objectives, where they see themselves in 12 months time with it, um, who else involved in the process, the decisions, getting all that out of the way is really going to help you later in the sales cycle. That's that's just my two cents. 
Yeah. Is there a discovery question that you ask every time that you really love that our listeners could take and be like, ooh, that's a good one? Yeah. And I think I'm stealing this from Benjamin Dennehy when I interviewed him. There's a couple, really. Um, I think doing that upfront contract that I just touched on there is quite crucial because it really builds trust from the start. And Mm -hmm. it shows them you're not just another sales rep that's pushing for the deal. You're actually Mm -hmm. giving them an out at any stage. And that's that asking of uh, you have some questions, I'll ask some questions and we'll see if this is a good fit, right? Not, is that accurate? Yeah, usually I, I say something like, look, really excited to chat today. Um, and typically this, this I'm pretty sure I stole this from Benjamin. There's there's three things. So once you've, once you've asked, usually I'll start a call saying, look, what's an ideal outcome for today's conversation? And then they might say, look, I want to get a quote or I want to get a time frame. Oh, I'm just looking at prices. So then you've already understand straight away what they want to get out of the call. Um, then you'll usually ask how, if it's inbound, then you'll say, how, how did you find us? What prompted you to reach out to us? Just for your data so you can understand your lead sources. Um, and then I'll go on to say, oh, cool. Um, well, there's typically three things that could happen on this conversation. The first one is you might not feel happy with me. You not, might, might not feel comfortable with myself or our organization or what we do. Absolutely fine. Feel free to let me know at any stage. Won't take any offense. We can part ways friends. Second thing that could happen is that after I've asked you a few questions and you've asked me a few questions, we may feel that we're not the best suited company to yourself. So in that case, is it all right if I say, look, I don't think we can help this time, but is it okay if I try and introduce you to a partner or company um, freelancer that can help you out? They'll probably say yes. Thirdly, it may be that after we've had a good discussion, we both feel that it is a good match and we can help you out today. So if that is the case, can we just spend a minute or two at the end of our chat discussing a relevant next step and they're all they're nearly i don't think anyone so far has said no so they're going to say yes so you're setting you're setting the foundation you're setting that upfront contract before you do anything um and it just makes you sound professional it makes you sound like you're not just trying to push them into a deal and mm-hmm. you've both got the chance to back out at any time and no one will take any offense yeah i really and, love that i think that's fantastic so that that really helps and that just structures conversations because sometimes sales conversations with outbound with inbound opportunities can just be up and down all over the shop. It gives you a bit of structure mm-hmm. to your call or your video call. Um, and then another one, I think I've, I've taken this from someone else as well. But most most of my questions I've taken from books or someone else um, is oh, man. once you've once you've kind of chatted through their goals and objectives um, and you've, you've probably about a quarter of the way through the conversation, a good question to ask is, look, imagine we're six months down the line from now, 12 months down the line from now. What would it take for you to say working with Sam, working with Web Choice, or working with Mark, working with SalesKit was a really, really good move. And they'll they'll just open up to you. They'll tell you all these things. They'll be like, well, I need to get here. I need to be this. I need to do X, Y, Z. You can prod in. You can dig a little deeper once they give you the answer. So they might say, look, I want to get to 10K revenue. Um, I want to increase my revenue by 10K next in the next six months per month or something like that. That's mm-hmm. a low figure. But they might say something like that. And you say, okay, why is that important to you? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, um, well, we need to be able to hit this milestone to get our next seed of investment. And you say, okay, what what happens if that doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. Well, we might have to start firing staff. So you, you're really digging into yeah. their pains and their issues. You're, you're going deeper below surface level. So yeah, asking those tough questions is going to give you a lot that you need later along in the sales process when it comes to presenting, putting together proposals and all that good stuff. 
I absolutely love that. And so many people stop at just that high level. Like, well, what's your goal, right? Well, we want to get to 10,000 revenue. Okay, great. Next question, right? But you're really finding the juice, right? Or you're really finding the core motivation when you ask those follow along questions. Sam, I think that's not only a great way to tee up a conversation um, and to really create that rapport of, hey, this isn't like any other conversation as well. Um, but then to just have a very clear and definitive agenda. Here's the, you know, three things that could happen. Here's what we're going to talk about at the end. I love that, Sam. And I think just about anybody whether you're selling a service, a product, um, a software tool, anybody could really use that and start getting some results. I really love that, Sam. Really recommend it. It just just makes things cleaner, gives you both an out at any time. And um, I think it helps build a little layer of trust as well, especially if you're selling over the phone without video. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Well, Sam, I think that's a great point. I want to uh, pivot and close out with our final five. So these are five rapid fire questions that I'll be asking and you answer. Are you ready? Let's do it. Awesome. Here we go. Let's start with your favorite sales-related movie. Oh, that's tough. I everybody. I really like Boiler Room. I do like Boiler Room. Classic, classic, classic. Favorite sales book? Um, You Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike at a Seminar by Sandler. Love that one. Very good. Love that one. Uh, Question number three. What do you know now that you wish you would have known when you first got into sales? And that can either be at the camera shop or, or at Web Choice. What do I wish? Um, not every sale is a good sale. Hmm. Hard, long, hard one lesson there. Uh, favorite purchase can be either business or personal of 2020 under a hundred dollars. Under a hundred bucks. Who? Try, trying to remember, but wow. I, I did not. Yeah. I did not buy that much. Um, I guess one of the mics. This this mic was a bit more, but last year's mic was under a hundred bucks. I think. <laughs> We'll go with it. And do you have a favorite follow or executive or anybody on social media that you're following, um, either business or personal, that you really recommend? Too many. Too, too many. Especially the ones on LinkedIn nonstop. Um, let's just pick Will Barron for now, just because I love his podcast. And I know you've been on there as well, Mark. He's great. The He's great podcast. Guy. You need to listen to that. Yeah, if, he, if uh, highly recommend that one. Highly recommend that. Sam, if our listeners want to connect with you, where can they do so? Yeah, sure. So I'd love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just say you saw me on Mark's show. So it's Sam Dunning, D-U-N-N-I-N-G is my surname. Um, please do check out Business Growth Show, wherever you get your podcasts. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips on marketing, sales, and to grow your business. And finally, if you're tired of hunting for clients and you're frustrated your website isn't generating a consistent volume of inbound opportunities, leads, and sales, give us a shout, webchoiceuk.com. Awesome. Sam, this was a blast as always, as our conversations always are. That's Mr. Sam Dunning with WebChoice UK. Sam, thank you so much for taking us inside your sales playbook. Cheers, dude. Good to chat, Mark. Take care. Thanks, Sam. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.